I am master of my own destiny. You cannot fill a cup from an empty vessel. With awareness, rebellion is born. We are all perfectly flawed. It's the empowerment that shows us how to embrace that. Are you ready to embrace your flaws? Join us. There is a seat at our table. Hello, beautiful souls. This episode is dedicated to Devin. In honor of Devin and his loss from life too early, there are a couple of songs here that remind a special friend of her friend gone too soon. And they were such amazing songs that I thought I would just add the links into the show notes. So please check them out after the show. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Perfectly Flawed. I'm Terry, and together with Lauren and Tammy, we bring you Perfectly Flawed. So today, I will be interviewing an amazing woman. Her name is Candace Allen, and I'll give you a little bit about her. But first, let's start with our card. And our card today is the warrior goddess Candace, and she is the goddess of fire and rebirth. She is the goddess who comes to you in the darkest of times when you think there is nothing left for you and you're looking death in the face and you're saying, you know what, you can take me now. Warrior goddess Candace comes in with her fire and she reminds you that power is inside of you. You have what you need. And if you give her a little chance, she's going to show you how to find that rebirth. So, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Candace Allen of Phoenix Rising. She is a mom, an author, an empowered warrior goddess, and just like a phoenix, she rose from the ashes to claim her success and place at life's amazing table. And today, she's joining us at our table. Welcome, Candice. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate this opportunity. I am so excited to hear what you've brought for us. As you all know... We let the guest take it away. So Candace is going to take us on her trip today. Well, I love my warrior goddess card, um, all about the fire and rebirth. And um, what I will share is that um, I always describe that my life was quite challenging growing up. I had an abusive dad uh, when I was growing up. My parents separated when I was eight, thankfully. But then the hardest part was that my mom and my little brother, who was 10, and my grandmother, they died in a car accident. And I was also in that accident. Um, I was the only survivor. And life really changed uh, thereafter. So I lived with my mom's brother for a time, and then uh, it didn't work out. So I was asked to leave. And I think my grade 12 year was about 17. I moved in with another aunt and uncle, and then I moved in with another aunt and uncle in Toronto. Um, for your viewers or your listeners, I'm from Canada. And, uh, and then I went off to university and then life was pretty good, but still always carrying that burden of what had happened. 
And I remember my doctor when I was younger had said, it looks like she's doing really well. However, one day it's going to hit her heart. This actually was written in a medical report that, um, you know, because everything seemed well. I was in the hospital. I was doing my exams after the accident. And to people viewing me on the outside, it looked like I was handling the death of my family quite well. But this doctor had a perception that he said one day it's going to hit her heart. So that didn't happen until 2012, 2013. And my life crumbled huge. And uh, I share with people that I'm a Capricorn. And if anyone knows the goat, you know, taking those mountain climbs and, you know, on the, you know, the jagged rocks. And, we don't take and, the easy route. Pardon? We don't take the, I'm also a Capricorn no. and we don't take the easy route. We say, and oh, no, no, like, I've got oh, I'll this. I'll take that rocky road and I'll, I'll be able to handle it. And I don't need your help. No, so I don't need your help. I'm going to do it by myself. Yeah. So that's how I live my life. Even prior to my mom's death. I mean, I, my mom was a single parent. I hadn't mentioned that part. So I didn't have a father in my life. And anyway, so at this time period, my I had this falling out with my family members that I was still close to. And I also was having a lot of difficulty in my marriage. And I, I it's not my husband's fault. We both, I always say that any of the cracks in our relationship, he was in nursing school. And then I was going through what I was going through with my family and I really needed him. And this is the thing is that when you act like you don't need anybody, you kind of draw people to you that don't expect to be needed. And so when I wasn't able to hold my stuff together and I was became quite needy and needed to be picked up and nurtured and not having a mother who was going to nurture me, I turned to certain people and they couldn't give me what I thought I needed. And it was very dramatic. So it might not seem like, you know, why, why couldn't you keep going? I think that what it was, was the burden of everything. So I say, being this Capricorn goat going up my mountain all these years, right? And then all of a sudden I'm at the top. And I was saying in a, in a speech that I gave a little while ago, when you get to the top, what do you do? Mm -hmm. You don't go back. So how do you get down? Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe with some assistance, you know, you got to have that repelling cord and I had nobody and I, I fell and I just kind of released, but then I was scared and I was grabbing on. And let me tell you, this is when the rebirth happened and Phoenix rising. My business name came from actually feeling reborn. Um, I have a tattoo of a Phoenix on my arm. My business is called Phoenix rising and I just ordered an Ontario license plate that says Phoenix rising. I love so it. it is more than a business name. It is my, my motto, my life your soul and what I want to share is yes so I we my husband and I separated I was in this really dark time um I exercised a lot I got in super fantastic shape um and I'm really thankful for that but all I had during that time was my physical health I had no emotional health mm -hmm. I actually had committed self-harm mm. so I'm a high school teacher by day um and it was really interesting. I've always worked with at-risk youth and assisting them with their own self-harm issues and their own mental health. And here I am going through the worst of the worst, you know? And um, it was a very spiritual awakening time. Um, when I had no physical people to be there for me, I've already been, I've always been, excuse me, very connected to spirit, especially probably having my mom been gone, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I was receiving messages. I, I don't know, for some people that might seem weird. And I didn't really realize I was receiving messages. I felt like I just trusted things. Mm -hmm. And along the way, so the first thing was, um, 
I remember Oprah would talk about having a gratitude journal. I think I resisted it back in the day when she was talking about it, but that came up to me again. And I remember the very first thing that I did was I had a gratitude journal and my other journals, let me tell you, they were super negative. Mm. I was very hard on myself. I can't even, I actually tore those pages out. It was such an ugly thing to see how horrible I was to myself yeah you are no good you are nothing nobody loves you blah 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 and I'm like I can't I don't remember when I tore them up but they're not in there anymore Mm -hmm. and I'm thankful because I don't need to ever see those things again but the gratitude journal that's different so I have these eight principles okay so I'm gonna see if I can zip through them really quickly because along the way they didn't all happen at one time but I'll jump ahead in 2015 yeah I think that was when it was my husband and I had gotten back together um and I was like, how did I, and I was fantastic. How did I go from being almost suicidal? Right. I wouldn't have done that, but right. I was in that place yeah. to being fantastic. And I wanted to write a book back then. That that book now is in process of happening. Right. But at that time, I created a timeline. How did I get from there to here? And there were these things that I was a part of, or different people had come into my life or workshops or whatnot. And they became my eight principles because it was these pinnacle things mm-hmm. that showed me how to heal myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first thing was this gratitude journal. I would write, I am grateful for this beautiful day, or I'm thankful for my children because they remind me that I am worth being loved. So, and then I would say, I am thankful for my husband who I hated at that time right? because he's still a great father and picks up our kids and gives me time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just being thankful for the good things as being thankful for the things that I found were challenging Yes, and saying, because So not just I'm thankful for the sunny day. I'm thankful for the sunny day because it reminds me to smile, that there's warmth, that there's light. So I would always give this because I still have this journal. Sometimes I still add to it. It's something that we we should do regularly. Mm -hmm. When you write something down, it becomes tangible and makes it real. You can speak it out loud every night when I go to bed. I say what I'm grateful for, but sometimes I want to write those things down to make it concrete and put it down in writing. So it's nice to look back on those things. And that to me is the very first thing for pulling yourself out of whatever you're in, whether it's a funky day at work or you're in the bottom of the barrel like I was, go back to gratitude because not everything is bad and not everything can be good all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then along the way, I recognize my expectations and the number one reason for your misery or your upset is that you were expecting things to be a certain way and they weren't. And it's not that it's wrong to have an expectation, but when you recognize that it's because of what you were hoping for, Mm -hmm. that if it didn't work out, that that is what has caused you to feel what you're feeling. All you need to do is check them and just look at them and look at what you needed. Because I'll tell you, here's an example. When you feel that you need a lot from your partner, I'm not getting this, or my work is this, and you're unhappy, then if you can take a look and think, what is really making me upset? What what was I expecting? Mm -hmm. And what do I have control over? Which leads me to the next one, which is about kind of letting go of control. When you look at those expectations, and we try to control so many things, and when you grow up like I did, or in any kind of traumatic childhood, One of the things that you need is control because you didn't have it growing up and you didn't have someone there maybe to be responsible or be a healthy guide, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe you had to take care of a lot of people or whatever burdens that you didn't need to carry as a child. So that need for control. And then we're hard on ourselves. So you take a look at your expectations you think about the controlling person that you are and it looks like you're crazy because I certainly felt like I was this narcissistic, crazy controlling person. 
Yep. And then one of the things I learned was to be gentle with myself, mm-hmm. um, that I was doing the best that I could today. Right. And I've told my son who's 14, um, I said, now I have been 14, but when I was 14, my life was quite different. That was the age I was when my mother died Right. and his life will never be like my life, but I don't compare. Mm-hmm. But I also told him I've never been 44 before. So I'm doing the best I can today being a 44 mother of a teen, a tween and a toddler and trying to figure it out. Um, so being gentle with yourself is saying, I love the me that lost my cool today, or I love the me that was still controlling about how the sheets were folded or, you know, how the dishwasher was loaded or unloaded. And I mean, I look at the things that I was, I always say this story, my husband, um, he doesn't fold towels the way that I fold them. And I would say, you're not doing it right. And it would really make me mad. I'm talking about certain things being such a trigger mm-hmm. and it's not right. It's not right. And then I went, so my intuition that being guided, I would hear this voice in my head and I, not the crazy voice, but that inner guiding voice of my higher self, my God, whatever saying, Candace, seriously, your husband does laundry. Right. He takes it out of the washing machine, puts seriously. it in the dryer, and then he folds the stuff up and then he puts it away. Shut the hell up. Yep, I had to say the same thing. All up. Yep. And I really started to release and, and I would say, Do you need to do it right now? Does it need to be done this way? And why is your way the right way? And I will tell you that I still work on that need for control. Yep. Um, I react quickly. So um, as we were talking, Terry, a little earlier that oh, we were talking about the tendrils of the things that still need yep. to be healed. So you can think that you've healed and you've worked through something, you're like, Oh, I'm feeling fantastic. And then one day that tendril, as I call them, gets nicked and then it brings up things again. And Mm -hmm. you need to look at those issues or those feelings and go back to everything. And that I love the me that just went there again. So being gentle with yourself is so important. Um, Another thing, um, one day I took this mindfulness workshop and I learned about being in the moment and not getting so ahead of yourself. So I think it was Lao Tzu who said, not these exact words, but to an effect of depression is when you're caught up in the past and things that have already happened that cannot be changed. That's what causes you to be depressed. You're holding on to things that you can't do anything about. And anxiety is when you're worried about the future and things that might not even happen, haven't happened yet, and that you probably have absolutely no control over. So when you can be in the moment peacefully and bring yourself back, because I sometimes go back to moments of depression. I still go into moments of anxiety and worrying of the unknown. But what I can do is be take a deep breath, be gentle with myself, be grateful for where I'm at right now, and say, in this moment, what do you need to do? Is there anything that you can do? If not, then just breathe deeply, love yourself, and keep moving forward, right? Um, so then... Um, through all this journey with the the hurt, a lot of hurt in my life, um, and holding on to being a victim. Mm -hmm. And I was a victim of an accident. Right. Um, but I was also a victim of, you know, like I said, an abusive father or, um, an absent mother due to her passing away. Um, you know, of course that just happened. Um, a victim of feeling not loved and I can add victim, victim, victim. And that's how I saw myself. And that I needed someone else to pick me up. Yeah. And I didn't consciously do this. I didn't, I definitely didn't want to be a victim. If I would tell my story to someone like, oh my goodness, how have you got, I feel so sorry. 
please do not feel sorry for me. Please right. don't. And I think that's what caused me to be that Capricorn. I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I don't want you to feel like you need to help me. I don't want to burden you. Mm-hmm. So many times we don't want to be a burden. Right. But I've actually learned that you're not a burden if nope. you go to the right people. And that they're, they might not be the people that you think they're going to be. And if you go to the people that you think should be there and they're not there, recognize that. And know that it's not you. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that it's them. Nope. Maybe they're just not meant to be the person that's supposed to be there at that moment. Right. Um, and I'm not worried about asking for help or saying that I need a hug. And um, anyway, so one of the things was about um, forgiveness. And the person that I, lear- I learned that I need to forgive the most was myself. I had gone into a workshop about forgiveness and I thought that I would forgive my uncle and, um, and he wasn't really a bad guy. It's just that I felt neglected by him and that's it. You know, I wanted him. He was a father figure to me. And in the end of that workshop, I learned that it was myself I need to forgive. And, um, and that was quite eye opening. And Mm. that goes back to being judged with yourself, like all the expectations, all the pressure, all the need to accomplish and to prove to whom. Mm-hmm. So that forgiveness is like, Candace, oh my goodness, hun, you're okay, exactly who you are. Yep. You know, people say you talk too much, you talk too fast, you're too emotional. I hated being so emotional. I've been an empath my whole life, feeling everything. I would always search out the underdog and I'd be like, I'm going to be your friend and I've got you. And then I would take on everything. I would cry at commercials and then I realized, you know what? And then I would beat myself up about it. How can you be so freaking sensitive? <laughs> My sensitivity is my superpower. When you shift perspective, instead of it being a weakness, it is my superpower. That's how I connect to people, the people that I work with, to help them shift perspective, Mm -hmm. right? That's how I connect with the at-risk youth that I teach in my my daily job. That is my superpower. And forgiving myself for not thinking that from a long time ago. But it's better to know now than never to know it all. That's right. That's right. Um, There's two more. So one of them is being generous with yourself. So I have had this worry about money since I don't even know when. I grew up, like I said, with a single parent. My mm-hmm. father did not pay child support back in the day. And um, and then my mom was gone. So I had an inheritance, quite a lot of money, I'm sure, from that time period. But I worried so much that if it was gone, I would have nothing. So I put myself through school. I have three degrees and a diploma. I just kept going to school. Mm-hmm. I did travel. And I lived on my own and I had a car and all these things. And yet I was very, very frugal. I don't know what other kids at 21 would do with the amount of money that I got. It was all mine at 21. And I mean, I'm super responsible, but I wasn't very generous with myself. So I did very practical things. Mm -hmm. And when I separated from my husband, I had an opportunity to go to Jamaica and uh, my mom's friends. So my, my neighbors from when I was a kid, they retired in Jamaica, built a house. And they said, you know, if you ever want to come out and I took them up on it and I brought my kids out there and it was the best damn vacation ever. It was more than vacation. They lived there. So the experience that my kids had was so different than going to a resort. Mm-hmm. And I learned to just let go of money and not worry about not yeah. having enough. Yep. And that when I was generous to myself, then I could be generous with other people without feeling resentment mm-hmm. or what about me? Mm-hmm. I take care of myself first. So I always tell my clients that you are number one. Mm-hmm. I am number one. Terry, you're number one. And Bob, you're number one. And everyone's number one in their life. Mm-hmm. And when you put yourself number one, not as a pedestal, not nope. above anyone else, but that you are number one and that your needs, you take care of yourself first, which we know you fill your cup up and then you can share with other people. Mm-hmm. And when you then share with other people and you're generous, oh my goodness, 
you know, I buy, I love buying um, when I'm in the drive-through at Tim Hortons. I don't know if you guys have Tim Hortons over there. Yeah, it's a yeah. very Canadian company, but we don't trade of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love being in the drive-through and picking up the order for the person behind me. Right. And it's I don't fun. do it all the time, but sometimes I just feel to do it, and then I do it, and I just feel so much joy or whatever other kind of thing. Um, there was a veteran uh, the other day, look, you know, getting some money for the Veterans Association. I gave him twenty bucks. Usually, I don't give twenty bucks. I might give two bucks or five bucks, but I just did it because it felt right. Yeah. And when you release that, you don't worry about oh, I don't have enough for it. It's just so relieving, and mm. so much good comes to you. Yeah, it's empowering. Here's my final thing that I learned through all of it, and this is quite a journey to get there. Even though it was always there. It's interesting that it's the beginning, and yet I put it at the end. So this is my number eight principle. Even though I didn't number them all, they're in there. Um, you can always visit my website to see what they are. But um, the last one is about trusting your intuition. When I had nobody, I learned that I had myself. That was the greatest gift of all. And um, and when I love myself, and when I claimed my authentic self and, and became exactly who I was meant to be. So as I said, I'm a teacher. So I'm in this academic world, you know, we have, we're always a teacher. When you're walking outside, you're always a teacher because you never know who you're going to bump into. But I'm a big crystal wearing, tarot reading, you know, intuitive counselor. And I do that. I don't hide it at my job. I mean, I don't do tarot readings for my students, but I don't hide it at my job. I am. So I'll go in and you'll see me wearing my big, huge um, Dan Bright crystal to work one day because the energy is just off. It's the full moon and the kids are crazy. And um, I don't hide that anymore. And my tribe of people has grown. So where I lost in my family, I gained a deeper family through the people that were meant to be in my world. And uh, so trusting your intuition is trusting the inner voice. Um, we have to kind of decipher between the ego, which is loud and opinionated, mm-hmm. and it's based on our core beliefs. It keeps us motivated, pushes us to go forward, but can also be our worst enemy. And because it's based on how we've been raised and all the things that we've learned in life. So when you can discern between your ego and that inner guiding voice, your angels, your spirit guides, whatever you believe, even if it's just that there's something bigger than you guiding you in this crazy time we call life. And that there are so many blessings and that the universe is not conspiring against you, but wanting to work with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that no matter, I always say, no matter where you are right now, it's exactly where you're supposed to be. You are brokenhearted, feeling crappy. Well, gosh, this is your time to like have that awakening. But one thing that I've learned is that a lot of people are not ready. Mm -hmm. Um, when I work with clients, I don't accept everybody that comes to me. So I might do a session, but if you're going to do the work with me, um, then you have to be ready because my motto is it all comes back to you Mm -hmm. and it's not that it's your fault, but you have the power to make things right. So if you can't do that and you're blaming the father that was abusive, or you're blaming the fact that your mother died when you were a kid and you know, well, this is my shitty life, excuse my language. And I don't know what to do with it. And you're stuck in that. Well, then we can't move forward, Mm-mm. but that's okay. Where right. you're at is okay yeah. because you're in that part of your healing journey. Um, but I work with people who are ready to create that shift and reclaim the life and basically have that Phoenix rising mm-hmm. coming from the ashes. Um, and sometimes when we burn out, we have to come to, and you know what? I went to my rock bottom, my darkest point, but I truly believe that we don't need to go there, that we can make a conscious choice to stop. So these principles I use all the time. Mm. And I know that no matter when I stumble, you know, 
either way into depression, anxiety, control, worry, whatever, that I can use my principles to come back on track. And it hasn't failed me yet. So this has yeah. been going strong since 2014, 15 and in the journey before. And I'm happy to say that my husband and I got back together. We have a little baby. That was our little surprise baby. <laughs> um, a and, good surprise. Um, I'm curious about where the journey will lead. So that's my um, my story. Um, I don't know. That was so amazing. And I really think that our listeners can relate. I mean, I can relate getting to that rock bottom. And you know you're sliding. I mean, you know. You can feel it coming. And if you can have eight principles and say, okay, what can I do right now? What can I do? And um, I have a coach who likes to say, what can you do today with what you have. Her name is Gloria Coppola. And she said, you know, what can you do today with what you have? And that's basically what you're saying is, okay, this is what you can do. And and you can be gentle and 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 you know, Terry, that those things, um, people are like, well, where did those principles come from? And I say they were given to me. Yep. And through opportunities and people. That you were open to. I'm like, oh, today is great. It was over about a year and a half time period. And it was like, when I say about being guided, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just feel like it was my time to understand my purpose. Yep. I mean, I'm still learning that, but I have a much greater um, understanding of what that is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was like doing that timeline. Okay, first I remember doing this. This is really important. And then this came up. And it was amazing when I look back how I paid attention Mm -hmm. and I stopped being in my own way. And when I do get in my own way, which is sometimes I do, I lovingly, like I said, redirect, but these principles, these ideas are everywhere. What always amazes me is I'll read a book. Like I was reading the alchemist Mm -hmm. the other day, or I've got the soul's journey or all these other books. Um, reading Eckhart Tolle. I'm like, he's saying exactly what I'm saying, but I didn't get this from reading a book because I was in no place to be reading a book at that time period. And that's why these I feel like I have a message to share, but the message can be given by so many other people. Mm -hmm. The people that come to me are coming to me because there's some sort of connection in that they see a piece of themselves in what my journey was like. And so um, I'm not trying to say that, you know, not everyone will come and feel that they, I mean, the eight principles are amazing. They're very simple, um, but they are all over. You can pick up the Bible. The the stuff is, it's all over, Mm -hmm. right? But when you find that for yourself or if you need someone to help guide you and like I said I'm all about shifting perspective asking questions and maybe challenging you outside your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and that's what my purpose is so I don't know I'm really excited about it sometimes we need a little push from someone who's coming at it from the outside who can say now look Terry we're going to have to call you on this shit because you and I both know <laughs> that yeah. you're just putting obstacles in your way. And sometimes we need someone to come at it from outside of the situation and say something like, well, gee, Terry, what are you learning from that situation? Because, well, he did this. Yeah, but what are you learning from that situation, yeah. Terry? Oh, you're turning it back. on, And, you know, it's you need that person when you're in those when you're ready to grow. You yeah. need that Candace to say, OK. Now, come on, we're not going to do this today. <laughs> Lovingly. Um, I, Lovingly yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. A nice little push in the right direction, but without giving you that. And it's kind of like a motherly push where your mom is going to be a little bit harder sometimes with you. Yeah. And um, even when we're young, you know, with you, you, you lost your mom early. My mom was around, and by the time 
she was really sick, it was, really? Why do you have to tell me what to do? Well, the fact was, I still hadn't learned. Yeah. It still took me a lot of time after she passed to start going, oh, that's what she was trying to say. You need to have humor. (laughs) She wasn't trying to be a jerk. She just wasn't, you know, we don't always communicate in the same language with our children. Yeah, and I wonder sometimes if that's what actually benefited me. Because if I, like, when I look back, when I wanted people to be there and they weren't, it was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Even my therapist, like, I remember talking to her and I didn't want to be on the anti-anxiety medication that she'd given me. I remember it made me feel very drowsy. And I told her at the beginning, she listened to me through the session and then she said at the end of it, I think our time together is done. And I remember feeling so let down. I'm like, not even a therapist wants me. Right. And yet it was exactly what I needed. Mm. I needed to feel abandonment. I yep. needed to be let go because I needed to see that I had to pick myself up. Yep. Now, and I don't feel like ever, like I said, I don't want everyone to have to go through that. Like my own children. Yeah. You know, I teach this to my children. I actually teach it to my students. I teach family studies courses. So I That's can awesome. slip in my eight principles wherever. Yeah. And, and they need how it. I live my life. And the kids love it because it's such a different perspective from what we're, we're always out blaming other people or pointing the finger. And, and I'm like, you know help. what? I don't know. I, I just think that the the basic thing is, is love to myself. Mm-hmm. I am fantastic exactly where I am. It's okay to be flawed and imperfect, exactly, perfectly yep. flawed. It's yep. perfect yep. where we're at right now. Yep. And then I don't need to change anything for anybody except for myself when I'm good and ready to do it. And if I choose to continue to suffer and live in misery, yep. then that's my choice and yep. let me be, fine. But if you want to have that shift and just think about things in a different way, then come talk to me. Yep. So tell them where they can talk to you and tell them about the exciting event you have coming up just in case they want to get to that. Well, I'm very excited. I was just asked to be one of six speakers at um, a women's empowerment conference coming up in October. And um, so my purpose will be to speak about clarity and focus using my eight principles and really thinking about, so it's about your business ideas or your ideas. It's not just for people who have a business, but for anyone who wants to create a vision. And at the beginning, we're going to create a vision. At the end, we're going to set you forth with a three-month plan. And I'm there in the middle to talk about how you can get more clear on what it is that you want and get some focus and get out of your own way. So that's coming up October 18th. Um, and I'll share a link on my on my website. And um, anyone can visit my website at www.phoenix-rising.ca. And my principles are on there and the services that I offer. One of the things I love doing with clients is, um, especially for people that are in different areas, you know, like I said, I'm in here in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, but anyone from anywhere can get in touch with me and we can have a meeting via Zoom um, so we can still see each other and have some conversations. And all my services and prices are listed on there. Or join my Facebook page at Phoenix Rising on Facebook, you know, Um, and let me know if you have any questions. I am so excited for everybody to get a chance to check you out. And clearly, they just got their 30 minutes worth of an amazing coaching call. I mean, let's face it, eight principles that everybody can sit down and go, oh, I can do that. You know, you don't have to go out and buy anything. You don't have to go out and do anything. Everybody's got a piece of paper and a pencil. Put it on down. And just go for it, right? Yeah, exactly. And become that phoenix rising just like Candace. <laughs> so thank you all for coming and taking a seat at our table. And Candace, thank you so, so, so much. I'm certain that you're going to be hearing from a lot of our listeners. 
Thank you, Terry, so much. And thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for gracing our table with your presence today. Please don't forget to share this with your friends, family, and loved ones if you feel it will resonate with them. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and follow for updates on the next episode posting. Check out the show notes to find out what our handles are. Have a great day.